Hi, this is Greg Anderson, and this is the Living in Carver County podcast. And uh, we're basically featuring people in the community that make Carver County a fantastic place to live, work, and raise a family. And I'm today I'm sitting at Love, Inc., and I'm in Al Norby's office, and we're going to talk about Love, Inc. and the mission that they've got going. Al, thanks for letting me come in. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to see you, Greg. So before we get going, maybe tell people a little about you personally, um, what's your background, how is it that you ended up here at Love, Inc.? Well, I'm a homeboy. <laughs> I grew up here in the western side of Minneapolis. I went to Minnetonka High School, and uh, my wife grew up in Richfield. Didn't try to leave, didn't try to stay. Uh, here we are, and here we've been. Uh, we currently live in Minnetonka, and we've lived there for almost 18 years. No kidding. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem like a lie. I feel like when I first met you, you were a teenager. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I might have been. Uh, time flies. Uh, our oldest son is 22, and when I say that, people who remember when our family was growing was like, oh, he was. I had him in the nursery, or I babysat him. Yeah. You know? you go, yeah, he's driving a truck and doing life, you know, so it's uh, life happens quickly. Yeah, exactly. So for people who don't know, maybe talk a little bit about Love, Inc., how it started and, you know, what its mission is. And Yeah. Love, Inc. is a national organization with local affiliates. So there's about 135 affiliates in the United States covering about 29 different states. I'm not really that impressed with those numbers because okay. I think there could be so many more. Okay. Which is why I'm excited about our local affiliate, Love, Inc. of Eastern Carver County, because we mobilize churches to see lives and communities transformed. And to see the success over the last 13 years that Love, Inc. of Eastern Carver County has been here uh, is a testimony to the churches and this community that uh, churches can agree to come together and to uh, pool their resources and compassion to serve their neighbors in need. It's not common. Uh, ironically, you'd think churches would be able to figure this one out. And, oh, yeah, there's lots of things about <laughs> churches that aren't necessarily intuitive. <laughs> Correct. But, but in this case, uh, in this community, and, and which is why a lot of people, when I first landed here about a year ago, um, I was uh, taken back by how the community saw Loving's work as such a community asset. So... Uh, who are the churches that are involved then? Well, there's 25 of them, Greg. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, there's all 25 right. churches. But all pre- predominantly in Eastern Carver County. All in Eastern Carver County, yes. And, uh, and that's a larger number than when it started, is my understanding. Yeah, I mean, when, in the early, early days, uh, I think they had maybe a half dozen that kind of started the snowball, and uh, they built a snowman with 25 churches. And uh, it's about how many Christian churches are in Eastern Carver County. And we, we define Eastern Carver County by Chaska Chan, uh, Victoria, and Carver. Okay. The, the district. Pretty basically. much District 112, yes. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. And so it's it, it, my understanding is it's a way for churches to, to not have um, duplication in one area and, and neglect in another area. Is that a fair assessment of yeah, that's the, a, the overall mission? Yeah, that is a big part of it, to uh, avoid redundancy it becomes we become inefficient with our resources to serve people that way if if we do it that way and in, and it's also more efficient for our neighbors who are in need uh, the old model would be someone uh, 75% of the people that we serve aren't connected are not connected to a faith community and it's common for people who aren't connected to a faith community to knock on church doors to ask for help 
Okay. Well, instead of going door to door to each of the churches, because transportation is an issue, or even if they can, uh, they might be getting the same help from each of those churches. So, A, they're not really getting all their needs met, and B, it's just draining you know, a common resource that churches might have. But instead, we've gotten organized, and we've become the central aspect of that organization by having a helpline where instead of going door to door to door to door to door, people can just make one phone call and then we can tap them into all the different ministries that the churches are are providing to, to serve their neighbors this way. Okay. And so maybe give people an example of some of the things that you're presently mm-hmm. involved with. Yeah. Mo- most of what we provide is living consumables. So everything from toilet paper and tampons to bunk beds and cookware. One service that we do provide is uh, we can help people if they qualify through our vetting process to help them fix their vehicle. A lot of people who have a vehicle uh, might be extra dependent on it if they've got multiple jobs, perhaps mm-hmm. they're bringing their kids to daycare. And if they have a, a, a moderate repair issue, uh, they have skin in the game because we ask the client to pay for the part and then we'll pay for the labor. Okay. So that's an example of a service uh, aspect of what we do. But generally, it's living consumables. So uh, people don't know this, but especially this time of year when the weather is cold, people are literally contemplating having their furnace up or putting food on the table. There's stress points that we're not even aware of. Mm-hmm. And to come alongside people and help them with what you and I would do at Target on any given Sunday afternoon, to help them with those Q-tips and, and toilet paper, personal care items, linens, towels, um, it relieves pressure to give them the capacity and the bandwidth to go dial into some other more important things. Heating their place, feeding their family, taking a child to the clinic. Nice. Nice. And so you so you have this facility that we're in here in Chaska. And then talk to us about the you have another facility in Chanhassen, correct? Correct. We office here in Chaska. This is actually a city building. We share this physical building with Bountiful Baskets, a local food shelf. This is actually a city building that they allow us to be in so that the city is supporting us that way. It's wonderful. We have another location, which is our resale store. It's in downtown Chanhassen, right next to Cub Foods. And that's where we stage uh, our furniture and other household items that we give to our clients when we get a voucher that comes through to provide a, a couch or a chair or a kitchen table for a family. And people can shop there. Okay. And then how, do, how does that get, how do you create inventory? People donate their items. So okay. people will uh, look us up online or they've shopped there before and they say, hey, you know what, we're getting a new couch. Our old couch has a lot of miles left on it. Will you take it? And they bring it on in. Okay. So, Obviously. and they, you guys do pickup or uh, they do? Typically people... people drop off. We will do, we will do pickup for a small fee within a certain area. We've got volunteers that will drive our truck and okay. pick up furniture. And... All right. So if a family was in need, maybe walk people through that. Yeah. I, 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 I'm getting that a lot of the people that are listening to this may not be in, a lot of the people, frankly, one of the things like. I, I mentioned that uh, before we got on the air that you and I had talked about uh, that I had talked to Corey Magstead with Launch, and one of the things that you know that they're 
always struggle with is this I, this notion that we don't have these issues in this area. Yes, right. So maybe you want to speak to that first, yeah. and then we'll keep moving on. Sure. But, uh, it's interesting. We had one story come through where some volunteers were delivering items that uh, were that a client had qualified for, and when they were delivering them, they realized that where they were delivering was right in the same neighborhood that the volunteers lived in. It wasn't their next door neighbor, but it was within a block or two of their home, and they it kind of dawned on them that wow, um, hardship and the reason people are in need can can come at any time to anyone. Already in 2019, we have fielded over 1,800 phone calls for help. Wow. And every time our phone rings for someone to ask for help, and sometimes it's a repeat client, but when that phone call rings, uh, it sets in motion uh, at least seven hours of volunteer time to field that phone call on average. It was, doesn't mean we're on the phone for six hours. It yeah, just they, means it sets in motion. We're slow talkers. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you have to get those Southerners off. The, yes, I know. Right, right, right. right. So mm-hmm. what does that look like? I mean, give us an example yeah, of what example, that is. Yeah, for example, so someone calls and they say, hey, I need, I need toilet paper. I say, well, tell me more about your story. And they get to know them. So part of the model is to be really relational with our okay. clients. This, we're not, we're not, we don't want to be seen as a vending machine. We want to see as an organization that represents the churches that care about our community and care about people as individuals and dignify the experience because it can be very difficult to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So when people call, uh, there's usually a referral of some kind. Maybe they've met with a, a county social worker or a teacher at school. And, or, and those, that's how the referrals are coming to you. That's often how the referrals come Right, to not us. the other way around. Or, right. Or, now, but maybe. Well, if someone calls us uh, because they heard about us or a friend told them about us, then we would verify who they are through a referral. Say, hey, is there somebody we can talk to to you know, verify your situation? Just a protection to the resources that the churches are pooling together. And then once someone comes through the vetting process, then say, okay, not only do you need toilet paper, but say you need personal care items or you uh, need cookware. You don't have an, a, a very many things to prepare your meals for your family. Or actually, we have three generations living in our apartment, and so the kids are all sleeping on the floor. One of our ministries will come and build a bunk bed, a custom bunk bed, to fit cool. into a room so that a family can sleep off the floor. So what started with just toilet paper and maybe paper towels, you know, uh, daily daily living things. Right. Toothbrushes. Yeah, and toothbrush, and... right? So became something even more. So what that means is that seven or eight or 30 hours, it depends, uh, of, of volunteer time comes when these GAP ministry uh, volunteers then execute the delivery of these items, the collection of these items, delivery of these items, and in some cases, the building of a bed. Well, and multiple needs. You of know, course. What came yeah. in as one need, maybe, yep. and you're able to satisfy five, six, seven, eight, right. ten. Right, right. Needs right. that that family has exactly, and so okay, so but you're not really for you're you're not really a homeless um, situation. I mean, if someone's in a homeless situation, that's not really what you do. Is that accurate or that's that's accurate in that we don't have gap ministries in place that would meet a homeless person's need directly. And in, in other words, we don't. So it have becomes a, you you become a conduit and referral source co- to places correct. where they are able to. Correct. Address those mm-hmm. more acute needs. Right. We do have one uh, one one of our churches that um, donated and assembled a homeless care package, essentially, and we dropped that off with the county. 
in case someone comes in and says, hey, we don't have any place to live, we're looking for some resources, well, at the very least, here's, here's something that you can take with you in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Warm socks, you know, like bottle it. for water, you know, just things that... Basic necessities. Basic necessities. You know, we don't have a place to put a person, but we can come alongside and help them as best we can. Okay. All right. And so then they go through the vetting process and, and say that they need... Yeah, they're able to shop for the furniture. Um, they go to the store in Chanhassen. They're able to. In, a lot uh, what of does our, that look like? Well, a lot of our clients struggle with transportation. So everything that we do for our clients, we typically deliver the items to the to the client. And when it in the case of furniture, Connie is our GM at Furnisher. She will pick out a couch pick out a dresser, pick out an end table, whatever comes through, you know, that they say that they need. And they'll assemble that uh, based on if they say, well, I, I can, I've got, I can afford the space for a large, you know, dresser, but it needs to be a small end table, whatever. They kind of take the parameters as best they can and, and give those to the clients on their behalf. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. So if people, so you're getting donations for furniture, it become it's it, not dissimilar to um, bridging or... Uh, some of those other types of organizations. What other ways can people um, be part of this? How, how do how do people reach out? Is it coming? Is it is the filter coming through the church and then a referral from the church to you, or are they coming directly to you, or or both? You're talking about people who might want to engage but, with the mission. Sure. Um, yeah. Somebody that says, "Hey, I like what you guys are doing," yep. or I "Like the sound of that." Yeah. Um, looking for a place to plug in. A couple of weeks ago, I, I, I about a week ago, I had a meeting with a. Uh, a person who I've known, and they lived in the community for about 18 years. And and from her perspective, she said, you know, we feel as though we've been in the community, we've been taking. You know, our kids have went to the school, and we did some obligatory, you know, activities that the kids were involved in. Sure. But our our we were living in Chaska, but we were working in the city, and so we it felt as though it was a bedroom community. But I'm, I'm feeling compelled to want to give something back. They're empty nesters and sure. they were just really looking for a place to plug in. And frankly, that was a, one of the missions of the actual podcast was to be able to be a resource where people can say, they can try things out, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, I talked, I listened to Al and yep. Loving sounds like a nice place for me to yeah. give my time and treasure to. And yeah. so I, I guess that's what I'm sure. wondering is, is how, how would somebody, what's it look like? How do people yeah. engage? Yep. Well, one way people can engage, obviously, is donating some time. As we speak, our helpline is open just on the other side of these walls. And on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays from 9 until 2, we have volunteers that man our phones. We have two phone lines. So when our clients call for help, they're that helpful and hopeful voice. That first connection. That first connection that says, hey, this is Love, Inc. Thank you for calling. How can we help you? So that's a great opportunity. If you're looking for kind of a regular, ongoing, say it's maybe a four-hour shift every every Wednesday, uh, what a great opportunity. We'll train we'll train our volunteers so they feel confident and comfortable. But um, it's a great opportunity to engage directly with what we're doing. Um, another opportunity to volunteer is on Wednesdays and Saturdays we deliver from Furnisher to our clients delivering furniture. Whether it's driving the truck or 
moving furniture up and down off the truck. I know it sounds like a lot of work. It's only because it is. (laughs) (laughs) So all you people who can carry heavy things. (laughs) You know, uh, what's great is we get, not only do we get um, actually people from all ages that deliver furniture. So when you do it together, it's a lot of fun, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially when we get um, high school kids, whether it's from Chaska, from Minnetonka, from Chanhassen, from Southwest Christian, from Holy Family, uh, we get a group of kids from Holy Family uh, out there almost every Saturday. It's just great to see those guys out there eager to help. Nice. So that's another way a guy can, or anyone, a person, yeah. a person can get engaged. Uh, furnish share, you know, we're trying to maintain regular retail hours. So there's a lot of time where that the floor is open on the store. We need help, whether it's fixing wobbly chairs so that we can turn around and sell them or give them to a client we need help with uh, you know organizing doing intake of donated materials and another way to get involved is to to connect with your local church you can go online and see if your church is one of our our partner churches odds are they are mm-hmm. and then find out who what gap ministry are you guys involved in not every church hosts a specific ministry sometimes they team up with other churches to to execute one of those ministries but there's an opportunity there, probably right under your nose. Don't, you don't even realize it. Okay. And then we do about five events, you know, with the winter wear drive. We do the food drive for the Thanksgiving meals. Uh, and there's other there's other kind of key events during the year that are often um, led or hosted by one of the key, key churches in the network. Um, and people can get involved that way. Okay. And now you guys have a gala every year too, is that, or did, you did? We, we did. We do a, an annual kind of formal fundraiser. Uh, this year, I'm calling it the One Love Celebration, and it's going to be conducted in April. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm still securing the venue, so I, <laughs> I <laughs> to, hesitate to, to be say de- too much. To be determined. To be determined, but we're, we're, uh, we're, we're looking at um, a weeknight, actually, in April, where it would be our One Love Celebration and to engage people more closely with the mission, help people get connected. Um, so we'll expose all of our different GAP ministries and educate people and, and invite them to understand a little bit better how it works and perhaps see if it's a good fit for them to want to connect. Obviously, we want to raise some funds as well, mm-hmm. uh, doing, doing this kind of work uh, in this community costs money. Um, we try to keep it as lean as possible. But um, so it's a fundraising event, but sure, we want to celebrate what's happening. Good things are happening, and people can do. You'll take. You'll accept cash contributions. Of course. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. And so, where does the majority of the funding come from? Is it stuff that you generate, or is that is that the support of the various churches? What does that look like? Uh, we were talking about Furnisher, for example. That that model right now that that generates enough revenue for us to be in that space, okay. and to cover our our costs for being in that space. Uh, which is nice, but you know, retail space in in the West Metro, especially that's in Chanhassen, spendy, yeah, yeah, it's expensive. Um, so that's helpful, but it's not it's not it's not funding the organization by any means. It's it's allowing us to do <clears throat> that kind of work there. But we get our funding from the churches support it. So the twenty five partner churches uh, support the work. So not only are they are they kind of volunteering but they're putting their money where their mouth is i mean okay. so it's a it's a really strong gesture of the churches we have private donors individuals that support our work and then we have uh, businesses business sponsors that say hey we 
we resonate with the value of serving our neighbors locally, and we want to give to that. Cool. No, but no, no governmental support. No. I mean, other than Jessica can helping with the building. Yeah, of course, the city and and yeah, yeah. I mean, they're obviously very um, um, amenable to helping in a way that they can. But it's not. But this isn't a tax funded. Correct endeavor. Correct. Okay. Yep. Okay. What other things did you have that you uh, think would be pertinent right now for people to hear about you? Just for scope and, and understanding of, of what this little organization is doing in making a big impact is that, um, first of all, again, the churches are uniting to support this community. It's just, it's amazing the kind of care that comes from that, the faith community. Uh, the other thing that people would find interesting to know that it takes about 11,000 volunteer hours to do what we do every year. Wow. And that's, you know, from the moment we field those 1,800 plus phone calls for help and meeting over 2,200 needs that are in this community. Now, we're not a 911 emergency situation, but to be able to support our community in this way with compassion and, and hopefully alleviate one pain so that they're able to be freed up to address maybe a more important one, uh, it's making an impact. Um, Finally, uh, we serve probably 400 different households in this community in Eastern Carver County. I 70, think that number would shock people. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Now, again, uh, 90 of those are new this year. So we might have a, a household that, that's a client for two, three years. Now, we're not bringing them things every week. It's not like that. We have parameters to kind of um, be good stewards. But... Sometimes it takes a while for people to get back up on their feet. Another interesting statistic I thought was that uh, 75% of our impact reaches people age 20 and younger. So when a mom or dad calls, there's usually three or four kids behind it. That's a lot of young people Mm -hmm. that are impacted by hardship, um, tough times, and... It's not easy for a parent to reach out for help to get to that point. It's sure. very humbling, and and uh, so it we takes courage. It, it takes a lot of courage. So you think about the well, people. Well, you that think of the long term too for the kids, the trauma, the impact of trauma. I mean, yep. there's a lot of stuff research coming out yep. now about the imp, the long term impact yep. of trauma on the kids and yeah. what that how that translates. And so this is, I think represents a pretty significant, right. uh, worthwhile investment. Um, Absolutely, back into the community. So it's not a major problem down the down the line absolutely absolutely all right so the best way for people again to reach out would be um probably check us out online check 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 out online yeah check us out online but it's time treasure um talent talent. i mean you know you know we were talking about earlier when you when you got here uh back way back when christmas in may they were doing some of the exterior kind of curb (laughs) appeal well it's been a while since then right so uh i'm i'm doing a little shout out for all those gardeners out there to come on out and help us weed in the spring and maybe get this thing back up into shape. <laughs> all eight, right. Eight, 10 years ago is a long time. Yeah. It looked longer. great then. Yeah. It looked great when we were out there, we were out there digging it. Yeah. So, so anyway, well, Al, thank you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity to come in. Um, when is your website? It's loveincecc.org. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, again, thank you for letting me come in and uh, everybody be sure and check them out online. Thanks.